we saw this need for companies to understand how were people moving around the planet? What were the mobility mm -hmm. patterns? What stores do people visit? And if they visit uh -huh. a Walmart, okay, what are the competitors that they go to as well? Because a lot of this information to understand human mobility is very relevant for investment decisions or for retail mm -hmm. operation. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Dharani. Today we have with us Thomas Wally. Thomas is an entrepreneur and CEO and co-founder of Unicast, a pioneering force in the field of location data and analytics with a commitment to unravel the intricacies of human movement across the globe. Welcome to our show. Hey, Shahid, thank you so much for having me here. My pleasure. Not sure if it's a unique concept. We see a lot of this happening in, the, in Hollywood movies. They're tracking individuals, spy movies, and etc. How does this play a role in an everyday life of a consumer? Is it something that follows them on their journey day to day? Yes, I think kind of to, to take a step back to answer that question in the best way. The reason why we started Unicast now eight years ago was that we saw this need for companies to understand how were people moving around the planet, right? What were the mm -hmm. mobility patterns? What stores do people visit? And if they visit uh -huh. a Walmart, okay, what are the competitors that they go to as well? Because a lot of this information to understand human mobility is very relevant for investment decisions or for retail mm -hmm. operations. So what we kind of been focusing at Unicast for eight years is to, how can we provide these aggregate insights? Like how can we build a data set that allows retailers to not only understanding their online presence, which like everybody does, everything that we click on, what we do online, but how can they also now start to understand their consumers and their clients, how they move around? And that's been like the, that's been the crux of uh, Unicast. Then it's really about helping real estate investors, retailers, other enterprise companies make better data-driven decisions. I want to just emphasize mm -hmm. data-driven by leveraging location data intelligence. Mm -hmm. So how do you track the data? Is it on individual phones? How does that work? The tracking component? Yeah. So there are multiple sources of data that goes into understanding human mo mobility. One of the uh, predominant ones is GPS data uh, from cell phones. So we build like a network of different companies that we license data from. It's opt-in, consented, and, like starting Unicast out of Norway in GDPR territory, like privacy has been like the helm of everything that we are doing. So our core focus is on providing these aggregated insights, right? It's about the number of people that went to a certain store. But we also layer in other types of data sets, right? Because understanding human mobility is one thing. But we also want to understand what's the demographic of the people visiting a store or what's the demographic of, uh, of people that are in a certain neighborhood. So now we can license in and a lot of like free data sets out there. We also uh, have some great partners like Spatial.ai. It allows us to understand the psychographic is this people are interested in. 
certain types of sports? Are there like younger families? Are there more on their retirement uh, side? And we also get in weather data to train our models. There's a huge correlation between, as you can imagine, weather and the number of people being outside in the real world. So do individuals have to, I assume, opt in for this? Yes. Right. So how do you get large-scale individuals to even be aware of this opportunity? Is there a financial gain for them to participate in this program? There is not, maybe some of our partners do have a, a financial gain, but it's usually kind of the exchange of goods, right? To get access to every app. And then there is location data collected as part of that. And that data is anonymously shared with companies that are using that to build insights like we, we are doing. Mm. And that, mm. that is very much in involvement, right? There's coming, thankfully, there's coming in more laws. There's coming in more. Uh, guidelines mm -hmm. uh, into how to make sure there's like a good handshake between the end consumer and uh, whoever collects data. Mm. So that's good news that they're opting in. It's not like they're not aware they're being tracked. It's more of their own wish that they want to be tracked. Yes. Mm. And so this is good data collection. How do you envision the ethical uh, use of this data on top of actually collecting it. Yeah. So I think with every great technology, it can be misused and it can be used for mm -hmm. great things. I kind of, that's just the, yeah. part, the part for the course, right? If you are working in tech technology. So I think that comes mm. a lot up to the company, right? How does the company, what kind of process do they have in place, both in terms of collection, in terms of storage, and in, in terms of usage. And we have at Unicast very kind of strict guidelines for, hey, there are some use cases that we don't see this data should be used for. And we focus our efforts on the ones that we see that we can like real, really make a change and where there is a need to get aggregated insights like retail, like finance, like real, uh, real estate. But I think your question is, it's very, it's very to the point, right? Because it's up to the companies to decide how they ethically want to use the technology that they have built. Like rules and laws are actually pretty easy because it's black and white to either on the right side or the wrong side, but the ethical purpose, that's more subjective. Like you, you choose yourself, uh, how you want, want to use it. I think that's a question for any technology company out there. And I think we're seeing a lot of that now with generative AI as well. We know there are multiple ways of that being misused. So it's up to the companies in my view, and we need to hold ourselves to a very high standard to make, to make sure that we can build a long lasting uh, industry. So you mentioned companies. What is the role of your startup, Unicast? So our role is to be the leading location data company. And how can we build insights and how can we build products that help real estate investors and retailers and other enterprises make better data-driven decisions? Like that, that is what we wake up and want to solve every single day. How can we make the data sets better? How can we make the data sets more accessible? How can we make the data sets even easier to use, right? Even in the use of dashboards. Mm. So we're now putting in a lot of generative AI into our uh, products. And we also then have a responsibility, right? To do this in the right way. And that's yeah. something that, that kind of goes hand in hand, right? With how you build your product, privacy at the core of every product that you put out, privacy at the core of your data collection, data privacy at the core of mm. your processing and your distributions. It's something that is 
it's coherent into the product development mm -hmm. uh, process. So can you share some examples how your firm ethically uses the data and what type of thresholds do you have in place to control it? Yeah, so I think a lot of the use cases lies about how to help with aggregated insights, right? How to understand foot traffic to stores. Mm -hmm. It's like how many people, right? Not looking if it's like Jim or Joe that went to the store. We're looking mm -hmm. at, hey, is this 250 people? Is it 3,000 people? And it's a numbers data. data. Yeah, it's, and again, it's numbers data and it's trends. But looking at, at a snapshot trends. has very limited uh, value. You want to look at, is this neighborhood seeing an uptick in traffic from visitors week over week, month over month? That tells us that this is a great place if you want to put in a store that caters very much to uh, tourists. So I know that Unicast is about unraveling the intricacies of human movement globally. Can you share some kind of cool, innovative ways that you have seen businesses or cities use this data, this location data? Yeah, sure. So there's, there's quite a few actually, like one, to give you one example during COVID. Uh, and I, th I think this is just like, it's a, it's an interesting example during COVID when New York city, people didn't want to dine inside in New York city. They were afraid of getting uh, infected. And there was a big kind of talk about, we have to make New York into outside dining. Right? Yeah, it has to be possible to eat dinner outside on the sidewalk. Mm. New York hasn't historically had that, right? So the city then hired architecture firms, urban designers, to figure out what streets should and should not have outdoor dining. Like, how would that impact the traffic flow, right? If you shut down the street here and put outside dining here, where would those cars and those people have to, have to move? Mm. So that was a, that was a great Interesting. case for, for the data. We also had data being used for the wildfires in California. California has unfortunately, as we know, seen wildfires, multiple of them happening every single year. And those wildfires happen so quickly. So the evacuation process and the evacuation routes need to be like buttoned up, right? It needs to be a very clear Precise. plan for how people are to evacuate. And that's where we mm. work with, with a larger fire department of uh, California to help them analyze for the previous wildfires. Where did people go? What were the routes that they, that they took? Interesting. Um, so that, that's, these are more like the edge cases, but we see more and more of them uh, where this data is really helping out solving these very unique uh, challenges. And it comes on top of our core business, which is, Understanding now post-COVID, I think th people are still trying to figure out uh, where in the U.S. should or did people move move to, right? We saw a big exodus, right, from New York during COVID to Florida, for instance. And are people still staying in Florida? Are they moving back? And uh, we saw a lot of people leaving uh, the big cities, moving out to the suburbs. So that kind of helps how the infrastructure and everything from like housing to family to warehouses to offices are being developed. So location data firms, are there a lot of them out there? Or is this something unique that you came up with? And if there is some uniqueness, can you share? So there, there is a handful. There's plenty of location uh -huh. data companies. I think, yeah, I think okay. it would be, you have to be in a market with a lot of competition unless there isn't the lucrative enough market 
in my view. So yeah, there is different companies solving different use cases. I think that is the big dis distinction, right? You have companies like us that focus a lot on retail, real estate, enterprise, you have other companies that are focusing a lot on transportation, others on travel and tur tourism. Mm -hmm. You have companies that focus on public sector. So there's, it's an evolving a human market. movement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, but when we started the company eight years ago, we were definitely one of the first out there, but it's, it's evolved and there's more companies entering. The barriers to do that well has become higher because you need to have a pretty sophisticated technology stack in order to deal with billions and billions of data signals every day. So I assume that your platform includes a high incorporation of machine learning technology as well? That's definitely been one of the areas that we've been investing heavily in, in the last okay. years, correct? Because you can yeah. use a lot of machine learning to train your models to be more accurate. Mm. You can uh, yeah. use more data sets to predict right? mm -hmm. what we are, we are doing. We are predicting how many people went to a certain uh, location. So yeah, that is, that's been like a big shift in how to make the products better, how to make the products and insights more accurate. And we have a mm -hmm. large data science team based out of Oslo, Norway, and that focuses mm -hmm. on that. So Thomas, in your professional opinion, and also a entrepreneur, are you aware of any opportunity that could complement what you're doing for another entrepreneur? Meaning, is there an idea that may help what you're doing if someone launched it? I think there's look, finding good data sources uh, that can explain human mobility is always something that is interesting. I mentioned hmm. like the GPS data, but we're seeing like there is Wi-Fi data out there. There are a lot of IoT data, right? I think we're going to see like a huge influx of more data explaining how people behave, how people move around. And if all that can be aggregated into privacy-friendly insights, I think that's a great, interesting business to start. Hmm. Um, yeah. That was good. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's definitely you ready? You it's, it's important. So it, it, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, you got a tip there if you want to yeah. start, start build the next company. Yeah, it's, it's not just me, it's the community. Whenever we bring on guests on the show, it's really around um, helping each other because mm. there, there might be something that could help someone that might be in that realm that is looking for an idea that they could launch yeah. and improve your business as well yeah. By, yeah. by default. We need more of us out there creating these innovations as you have. So exactly. thank you for sharing that. If you had a crystal ball, for example, is there any kind of trends that you see coming about with location data and analytics? There are so many. There's so many things that we think is going to happen. Something that stands out? Yeah, I think the one of the things that is going to be more important going forward is transparency into the models and hmm. how you provide accuracy because it is... When you buy data, you're not buying data, you're buying trust, right? You're buying yeah. something that will help you hopefully make better decisions, right? And you have to trust that company uh, and trust that those insights that 
these will be a key ingredients in how I operate my business. And I've seen this many times in different data industries that in the beginning days, clients don't ask that many questions because it's nascent, it's, it's early, but as the industry matures, then clients do want to know more. They want to compare company A to company B. And especially if you talk about some of these big investments that are being done for our clients, like these are real estate investments in like hundreds of million dollars, right? Or they decide to expand the retail operations by another 50 stores the next 20, 24 months. You have to make sure that the data that you use can be reliable and that it can help you make those informed data-driven decisions. You are, mm. We're selling trust. At the end of the day, we are selling trust. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Selling trust. And it's a crucial part of our digital age. We're very sensitive about it as well. Yeah, people ask a lot of questions, which they should. And they should, yeah. And they also need to be educated on what kind of questions to ask, right? Like, how do they really mm. understand the difference between A, A and B? And maybe most important, like, how does this help that company or that person to be successful at their job? So, in any industry, there's a lot of education going on, and we try to do that as much as as we can, there's still a lot of opportunity for other companies to take advantage of location intelligence as well, to better future-proof their business, to make better investment decisions and to have better operations. So yeah, we're here for the long haul to help them do that every day. So if you had to start from the beginning and launch a new technology company, what would you do different? Uh, I actually have a little kind of list. I have this document that like that top it, top three. I put in things there. Mm. What would I do different from the start? I think I think one one thing that I think is pretty interesting now in this startup venture ecosystem is historically success has been measured in how much capital you have raised. So mm -hmm. the more you raise, the better. Right. Oh, this must be going amazingly. I've actually gotten, and, and we have raised $50 million from venture capital over the course of cast. But I'm really starting to really like and, yeah, and envy, but also be highly impressed by the companies that are doing this bootstrap. Those of me are heroes. A lot of companies can have an idea, build some stuff, raise a bunch of money, and you see a lot of them are now going out of business. But the ones that are doing this, step-by-step, day-by-day, without raising capital. I, I hope and I do believe that that will be the next phase of startup heroes. It's not about how much capital you raise. It's about the products you build, the value you provide your clients, and how your bottom line actually looks like. Wonderful. Hmm. Can you share what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? My innermost superpower. I'm pretty obsessed with progress. I've always been obsessed with progress. And to me, it doesn't... Progress are so many shapes and forms. Like, I love to mow my lawn outside because I, I love to see that grass being cut like you make those lines. We are renovating the house now a bit and actually painting. I'll, I'll, seeing this wall behind me go from white to black, that's progress. Same thing in business, right? That not only the revenue growing, because that's more like a lagging indicator, but you're seeing that you're getting more leads in, you're taking those leads to the next stage, your product is getting better. And 
I think my superpower is this obsession about progress every cool. single day. Because it's those small things every day. If you move yourself a bit further, eventually when you accumulate that, it will mean a lot. And, and that means like to have progress, you need to be pretty uh, structured. Um, and that's how my yeah. brain works in boxes and charts cool. and graphs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they say, improve 1% better. Don't complicate it. Don't go crazy. Just improve uh, the situation 1% uh, yeah. each day. Yeah. True. So no, that's great. That's great. Great. Yeah. Thomas, thank you so much. Appreciate your time today for coming on our show. Wishing you all the best and looking forward to another startup, maybe, or yeah. a bigger vision for this startup. If you're doing good with the data, it seems, especially what intrigued me is the, the forest fires. If we can provide a better solution for those type of natural disasters, because natural disasters have increased at a tremendous speed nowadays. Yep. They, they just can't even investigate one disaster before another one happens. So in that realm, Correct. ideas that could be some kind of a focus because of global warming. So mm. we definitely need your help. Yeah. We are on it every day. Good. Good, my friend. Good. Thank, thank you. Awesome. Shahid. Keep in touch. Thank you. Will do. Absolutely. 